Hey, I've got my buddy Adam Blake on the phone. How's it going, Adam? Always good, brother. <laughs> so this is a little segment we call Ask Adam or Ask Adam Blake. But uh, this is a kind of a unique situation where we have uh, a regular reader of the site, a guy that posts under the pseudonym Bike Nerd, and uh, he's posted a couple of times on my uh, Plus Bike articles this summer and he's been talking about and he's been convincing me that my 50 millimeter rabbit hole rims are not up to date and not getting me my ultimate benefit of plus bike hood and i'd have to say that that's kind of true because i haven't been able to make those tubeless although other people have and uh so i have so this those comments have spurred me to ask Adam so if I want to run a I have these new 2.5 extraterrestrial tires that I'm thinking are my world traveler bike packing tire all the way up to 2.8 Coronados which you know roll great and I've kind of sung their virtues of late um, so what interdimension rim Bike Nerd thinks I thinks the 30 millimeter inner dimension is the hot setup, and that's what I ran on that Bo Jackson test bike. What do you think there, Adam? Uh, so I think uh, I, I would tend to agree that 50 is generally maybe on the for sure on the wide side nowadays. Um, there's a lot of information about this as we've increased the range of tire sizes that people ride, you know. Uh, all the way up to three, the adaptation of 2.6 tires, kind of as a middle ground for people. Um, but as like everything, there may not be a definitive right answer, just more of consideration for what is going to optimize your ride. Um, so, so I'll start with the numbers and then I'll kind of dig into where the considerations go. Uh, for me, uh, I, I tend to think that 30 is probably on the narrow side of plus though it is pretty compatible uh for me in a plus i'm usually in a 35 to 40 range um and the reason for that is not just volume but more specifically we're focusing on tire shape right right so as a rim gets wider a tire gets flatter as a rim gets narrower a tire becomes more like a light bulb um in the 280 uh, some of these considerations uh, based on what style of riding you got, you know, and your terrain. So if you're in a really rocky terrain, it, using a 30 on a 2.8 to 3.0 tire may expose your sidewalls to more cuts because mm-hmm. they're they're a little pushed out, you know. Um, uh, on the counter to that, if you're just riding Midwest fast dirt, that's probably a totally acceptable uh, rim size to accommodate that tire size because you're going to get a little rounder tires, maybe in a corner a little bit better. And, and this is applicable not just in plus and mountain, but in fat too. Um, you know, we're, we're spending more and more money on tires and rims. Uh, technology is improving and all this. So optimizing both of those is really beneficial to get the best value out of your selection. Um, you know, in a plus, 30, 30 for me is about as narrow as I would ever run for a, a plus tire. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, a 30 is a little more indicative of like a 2.5, like your extraterrestrial, right. or the really kind of popular 2.6 width that's uh, coming around in 29ers specifically. Right. Um, you know, I, I did some research. Uh, companies are actually providing this information a lot more. WCB has a really nice kind of chart that lists uh, incompatible, compatible, and optimized. Mm. Um, no tube, stands no tubes rim. Um, they list, they adapt a wide, wide ride right or wide right kind of philosophy, and they they give some certain tire recommendations as far as width goes for each rim. Um, it again, it kind of depends on what you want out of the tire and what your ride. You know, uh, I've seen to go into a fast side of this and kind of get out of plus. I've seen people run fat fires on as narrow as block 35. Really? You know, it's a, it's a crazy looking tire. It's super round and, and the sidewalls are very bulbous, but it's a little lighter rim. So if you're riding, say, gravel uh, primarily on your fat bike, that could maybe be acceptable. And and from 35 to what most people expect in a fat rim, be in the 70 to 80 range for a four tire up to a four six tire. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really changes the characteristics of, of how you corner, how it accelerates, your traction, and, and all of this also uh, is bolstered or diminished by tire pressure, right, you know? Sure. I think yeah, that the, what the, the recommendations I read on the Internet are much more restrictive than our reader, Bike Nerd, says this 30 millimeter. He says the 30 millimeter... Inner dimension gets you from 2.0 all the way to 3.0. And anything that I read or anyone that I talk to, my friends at Bontrager had said, uh, it's outside. When I asked to run uh, the 2.0s on that 30.5 millimeter rim, they were like, well, it's, it's outside optimal, but uh, it can definitely be done. Um, so I did it I, I and it worked. Agree. But it wasn't the optimal tire for that rim and that bike. I'll tell you that the the those Coronados just, you know, you were right. We can say yep. that right okay. now. <laughs> Adam was right. Agreed. This is why we why we talked to Adam because he like knows stuff. So, Agreed. and I think that rim, you know, rim and tire manufacturers are going to be a little more restrictive than real world application mm-hmm. because they have certain expectations for their tires and their rims. Right. Right. And they have to rate it for those rocky areas. And I'm a rigid Midwest riding single track dirt and gravel kind of uh, user. And yeah, I, I, you know, I want to run that 2.5 for gravel and I want to run that 2.8 for single track. And you know how our single track is, is roots here and there and rocks here and there. But by and large, it's pretty buff dirt. You know? Right. So. so for your current situation, and, and it's akin uh, to my situation, um, you know, dirt, uh, maybe some roots, not a lot of rocks. You're not generally rim striking, you know? Right. Um, so as that, because as that rim widens and that tire flattens, the buffer between a rock and your rim is diminished. Right. Um, that value of, of decreasing rim strikes goes up exponentially with the implementation of carbon rims. 
uh, you know, like aluminum rims may just dent, but no one wants to crack a carbon rim because they're riding, uh, you know, a, a too wide of a rim with a too narrow of a tire. Right, right, where you actually get something really hard that penetrates all of your pneumatic envelope and hits your actual rim. Which right, brings us to, so so, so it sounds like I should be looking for a 35 millimeter. You know, I think for, for your specific uh, usage, to me, 35 will really accommodate everything from like a, let's say a 60 millimeter tire, maybe even slightly narrower, uh, all the way up to probably a, a 3.0, which would be maybe in the 75, 70 to 75 millimeter range. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. It's more of an optimization kind of thing. Gotcha. And that's what we're always striving for, you know. It would be uh, rare make- on that bike that I would go to a 2.0 tire. But- right, and a 2.0 oh. tire to me is more like a 25 mil rim. Dude, you know where that tire is going this next summer is on my clunker. For single track ripping, oh yeah, totally into that. Yeah, that, oh yeah, that that tire is definitely going to get taken out when we have hero dirt here. Which right now we have frozen single track dirt, so yeah. I really want to get Hank out there with some knobbies and just tear up some uh, some green trails. But bet, uh, yeah. but I digress. So. Aluminum versus carbon now in that 35 millimeter. Do you got some recommendations? You know, like got like a stands or a WTB or a Cantu carbon rim. Let's talk. Let's talk real products. Let's go shopping. Yeah. So you know, I tend to build uh, a lot of, uh, or at least I used to build a lot of WTB scrapers mm-hmm. uh, in the aluminum world for a couple of reasons. They're they're not the lightest rim, but they came in a 30. 35 and 40 mm-hmm. so i could uh talk about the rim with a customer uh, preliminarily and then we could refine that based on what tire we actually ended up wanting to run um their their tcs tubeless system those uh rims really beat up nice and strong and pretty well um and, and that works pretty good uh, you know carbon is a little bit behind but i think for me if i have to go in the 40-ish, 35 to 45 range, a lot of times I kind of defer to whiskey uh, for a carbon rim. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, they seem to seem to work really well. They build really nicely. Um, and, and, you know, me in, in the industry, a lot of what dictates, uh, I'll be honest, who, what I expect is based on my relationship with the people that, you know, uh, run the brand. Sure, uh, And I believe that Whiskey and the people behind Whiskey uh, really spend a lot of time and spend a lot of consideration into uh, making products that are going to be intentful, um, maybe not accommodating to everyone, but if, you, if they're in your hot spot, they're a hard carbon rim to beat. So on the aluminum side, what's a really lightweight you know, almost carbon-like aluminum, because that's probably what I'm looking for. I'm not probably not going to buy carbon rims, but sure. I'd like to go as light as I can with an aluminum rim. 
Because I'm I'm sure. I'm pretty light on wheels actually. I'm I I don't destroy wheels. And, and that's obviously a, a consideration as well. Your own personal riding style may dictate, uh, you know, how light can you go? Because uh, as I kind of touched on in my uh, Cantu fat wheel initial report, there are aluminum rims that are just as light oh, yeah. as carbon. Uh, that weight is, is kind of a misnomer that carbon is just uh, immediately lighter than aluminum. But what you get is a ride characteristic, you know, a flexiness in the wheel. And, and no one wants a flexy wheel. No. Uh, now, some of that is spoke selection and, and overall quality of the wheel build. Uh, some of it even, you know, elicits like a, a boost, say a boost rear end on a, a flexy aluminum rim, maybe a little stiffer because of bracing angle than it would be on a traditional 135 QR hub. Hmm. Mm, I've you know thought about saying? that, but the the Krampus were one thirty five hubs, right? So, so truthfully, if I was specking a rim for you, I would be weight conscious. Uh-huh. Uh But I would probably, and and this is a, a certain personal bias, I would probably defer a little bit to uh, reliability, durability, and overall performance when you are on the shred sled Krampus and and really getting getting pretty rad on the dirt you know sure yeah yeah so so um you know i, I think a, a, a great rim set you know in kind of what we're looking for uh, not necessarily super light but the uh the new mk uh series of sans rims mm-hmm. um have all got wider so an arch which used to be to me more of a two one to two three tire is now maybe more of a two three to two five tire and, and then concurrently, the flow has kind of bumped up from maybe a 2.3 to 2.5 to maybe more of a 2.5 to maybe even you could accommodate a plus tire on a, on a flow rim. Oh, there you go. See, I've, I've, so they make the I have another set of, of flow rims, rims in my, uh, in the archives of bikes here. There's, so that, that you know, that, that just gives that a positive spin for me. Yeah, and, you know, um, tubeless setup is always a consideration. Tubeless maintenance uh, as far as will it hold the tire uh, at lower PSIs when you're really putting the, that lateral pressure in a corner or on a berm, right. uh, things like that, you know, that that's always a consideration. Their BFP uh, setup is, is pretty darn reliable. Tires really lock into the stands room. They wrote the book. so They kind of did it, right? Yeah. And they continue to progress. You know, like I said, the, the MK series is not like the old one. Uh, everything is kind of a, a development from the ZTR 355s that I think were their first rim, you know, which were light, but were kind of noodle. Mm-hmm. You know? So if I, uh, if I hit the lottery or I start selling my blood or something, and it, the price of blood goes skyrockets. What what could I get on the absolutely redonkulous U.S. made carbon thirty five millimeter rim? Uh, carbon thirty five millimeter. Because Steve you Zuckerberg know, is probably going to be pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, it's just we in the U.S. There's there's not as much of the opportunity for manufacturing of carbon uh-huh. as there is overseas, right. and that's just what it is, you know. Uh, not to say that it can't be done, 
But, Leno uh, Raptors are, are an yeah. option from Head, and, right? Yeah, Head is, has introduced some rims that are uh, always been reliable. You know, they're Belgians and uh, their fat wheels uh, in an intense build. Uh, situation are, are some of the best rims that exist, right? And right. I've been running those. hundreds for for years and years. So. Years and years you've ran those rims. Yeah, but I don't ride them in the summer. You know, I ride them on, on the snow. To me, not unless, a summer, a unless it's on the beach. I do ride them on the beach now and then. Sure, but. or gravel would probably be acceptable on those. Mm-hmm. Wherever you want yeah, flotation that um, in that, when you want extra flotation. That's when you Agreed. ride those rims. Yep. Not uh, when you're hooking the gnar. Not that I ever do that, but I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> a snow bike for me is a lot of times had become more um, more viable. When you're talking now that more people are using fat bikes as four-season bikes, uh, I personally am more into double-wall uh, carbon rims for their performance. And, again, I'm kind of minimizing the weight reduction, but I'm really getting a nice, stiff, uh, quick accelerating, really predictable uh, through varied terrain, rock gardens, stuff like that, you know, uh, where I wouldn't necessarily take any, uh, not to pick on head at all, uh, I wouldn't take any single wall rim, you know? Right, right. Not not if, not unless you want to buy a new set for yourself. Now yeah, right. Then, when you, when you miscalculate uh, um, the angle of the attack or whatever and you crush right. it. Yep, so let's agree. let's talk a little bit about um, I'm in the middle of doing like a quick update on my Wrath Lords and it kind of plays into this whole tire width rim width but we're going into the fat world is I had those mounted on my hundreds because my 80 wheels I had an issue with with the rear hub and uh while that got got rectified I ran them on hundreds and then i ran the front on an 80 and the rear on a hundred and now i'm both on the 80s and just by the look in the ride now that i'm they're both on 80s it looks right it feels right and it rides right you know the a square tire on on frozen even frozen dirt just doesn't doesn't corner right you know you hit that certain point where you hits that uh, it, it's just more tippy. Whereas when you get it right and you have the correct roundness and the shoulder knobs are just slightly wider than the casing, it's like you're riding a big Thundercat. And I don't bring up the Thundercat slightly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Again, that kind of goes all the way back to the beginning of our conversation you know your terrain may ultimately and your riding style may ultimately dictate what is the optimal rim for you you know the the reader uh if he's more midwestern maybe a 30 is is great for everything he needs a nice round tire is really good it's a little taller uh brings that bottom bracket off the ground a little bit more you know so it kind of mitigates pedal strikes on, Mm -hmm. on certain terrain and stuff like that um but, you know, you gotta, the sucky thing in all this, right, is you're pretty much, if you don't know what you prefer, it's not so easy to just get, like, four wheel sets. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's not really cost Unless you're the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. Agreed. <laughs> but uh, that's the last time I checked, neither of us were. 
I am currently not. I am not either. Yeah. So, you know, you're probably taking a recommendation. So like everything that I always talk about on this, find a bike shop, you know, internet is going to be buried. You know, you can read every forum you want. Find a bike shop. Find a, a person at the bike shop that you really trust. Uh, get into a good conversation before you drop some coins. And make sure you're 100% confident that, that the spec that they're recommending uh, aligns with your expectations and what you want from your bike in, in whatever situation you want to make it the most valuable for you. All right. So if you're listening out there and you want those Rathlords, you should have 80 millimeter rims. That's what I'm saying. Rath Lords on 80s is what I would go. Because yeah. they're 4.2s. They're 4.2. People actually made comments like, ooh, I like that low sidewall. And when you look at them on 100s, they look like they, they're they're lower. And, yeah, uh, even lower. They, they just look right on, on 80s, and they ride right. Ooh, my God. Oh. This morning, I rode kettle and... Just it just ripping, you know, frozen sidewalk trail, right? It's just perfect hero dirt with these aggressive knobs and those three hundred cat claws gripping in. It was just like, you know, I I hit sections where I was like, uh, not gonna break. I'm not gonna break. <laughs> Spots where I would normally tap the brakes or whatever. And it's like, yeah, made it right through there. So oh, and yeah. the the Strava on riding. A fat bike just kind of chilling, you know. I was, I was, I didn't get personal bests, but I was in the top two and three on on several there, and that's the spot that I ride quite often. So that means like that bike's almost as fast as any of the other plus bike and mountain bikes that I ride. Right, right, yeah, you know, and that um, obviously any any situation probably more indicative for. Uh, the a thing that can alter your ride quality probably more than any other component, obviously, is, is a wheel and tire set, right? So, and it's going to cost a lot. That's like the the pro and con, right? You know, you can yeah. uh, you can really change how your bike handles corners, how it accelerates, uh, all kinds of things, how it just feels. You know, a, a little wider rim with a, a narrower tire. Drops that bottom bracket again because, like you said, the the sidewalls kind of flare out instead of up. Um, lowering a bottom bracket may make you feel a little more stable. On right, that's what it did for that Bo Jackson. Is the smaller yep. tires tamed that bike down? Whereas when you put those the biggest three inch tires on there, it got the bottom bracket high enough where it felt like it just wanted to attack everything yeah. you know I uh, it, it just felt fantastic so i agree and that bike is pretty fantastic let's be honest just in its concept i agree i, yeah. I agree if you're listening and, and chat that, yeah. well played old sport yeah you know and not to like fanboy anything but uh i've had the luxury of being able to talk to uh bear claw quite a bit lately as I've oh, nice. uh, a bike of theirs and and they're they're pretty dialed. I, I've really enjoyed interacting with them. Yeah, Jason is is a character man and he well, looks like he he looks like the dude from uh, a new uh, a, a new TV series that my wife and I watch. I have to give him a hard time about that. How he balances 
running a bike shop, a bicycle company, and being on a television series, even though it's really not. Right. Some people, you know, have 26 hours in the day, right? Maybe. Time stretcher. Hard to, hard to believe. So uh, how was your how was your Global Fat Bike Day, and how are you feeling about Global Fat Bike Day? Uh, our Global Fat Bike Day was probably the best one we've had in almost, uh, I would confidently say seven to eight years, uh, maybe as much as 10, you know, how long is Global Fat Bike Day? 2010 maybe was the first one? Oh, 2012, I believe. Well, so yeah, so that's definitively uh, the best one we've had since 2012. We had about 30 riders. We hit a nice mix of uh, single tracks, um, some, of course, some wood, bushwhacking, stomping kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got into some mud. We got into some logs. We, you know, we, we kind of, uh, what I really enjoy about Global Fat Day is you get to see people, you know, we, we rent fat bikes at World of Bikes, mm-hmm. and we pervade them at no cost for Global Fat Day on a first-come, first-served basis. And so we've got people that have literally never been on a fat bike, maybe have also never been on single track and therefore never been on single track on a fat bike. And I saw nothing but smiles and muddy, happy faces. That's awesome. And, and that, you know, to me, that's what global fat day um, is about. It's exposure. It, it's taking people that, you know, have a fat bike and maybe commute on it or, or do something like that because they're more confident in the winter and you're exposing them to opportunities within your city limits that you do not need to load the bike up and drive. You can just go ride and, and you can really, uh, you can really experience some new places, see some things that you've never seen on your mountain bike or your other hybrid commuter or whatever you ride. Uh, and it, it just kind of blow, you know, blows people's minds. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's that, get out in nature and and see things Uh, right and you know like versus a race which may or you know an event uh so to speak like a race event um global fan day really is is about the socialization and education so to speak about like you know the the rider skill level is so buried at least in what we experience that that people see things that they perceive upon initial uh inspection to be impossible and then, lo and behold, a minute later, here comes somebody and just crushes it. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then they're like, "Whoa, uh, that can be done on this bike. What I can do that on this bike." And if you continue to bolster that acknowledgement and that uh, curiosity, so to speak, that that's how you get people on on bikes in more situations with more friends, having a better time, and and that's what that's what it's about, right? Next thing you know, you weigh less than 200 pounds and, I don't know, <laughs> and you're, you find happiness and you you're have a garage a full of bikes. Oh, my gosh. You're going to be putting the, the hammer to me next time we get on trails together. Well, don't believe that, but, you know, <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm firm. I'm firmly in the in the middle of the citizen pack, as it were. <laughs> Good place to be. Some of the best people are right there. Exactly where where conversations can be had. Exactly. <laughs> but I am racing up there uh, this weekend. Um, I don't, I, I, yeah, shell track. But this this That'd might not publish until Monday. I don't know when this is going to all come together. 
I think I'll have all the components together by the end of this day. So, yeah, Monday, next Monday. That'll be today, the day you're listening to this. <laughs> It'll be great. after Shell Track. I will have been totally triumphant in mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> so me telling people to attend Shell Track isn't going to be very effective. Probably not. Hey, Shell Track was really cool. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to assume that it was a really good event. I hope everyone had fun. Hopefully, Spinner gets on my team. That's what we're planning on. Yeah, man. You know, you know what else? Really quick, uh, real quick. What? Uh, we dirty at Global Fat my day, and and people just lost it. You know? No kidding. <laughs> what are you oh, uh, you are you... firmly planted that we need to have more derbies across the nation. Derby, derby, derby. See, this is why I love Iowa, dude. I'm telling you that we didn't derby. There's, it, I, I need to move to Iowa. Except for Jim yeah, you Jordan. Know. You guys, you should just elect that guy to dog catcher somewhere. Oh, that's why every time I see him yelling, I'm like, all my friends from Iowa, they got to get rid of that guy. Yeah. You know, uh, Levi, you know Levi. Uh-huh. Uh, he had a list of goals this year, and they included things like ride a staircase, win a derby, get some high fives. You know, and if that's not indicative to the mentality that a lot of us have here uh, for what fat biking can do for people, I don't know what is. Nah, yeah, yeah. Well, you tell Levi, I'm, you know... I have a video series. I could become his video coach on the derby. <laughs> I know. I know all the tricks. Yeah, yeah. I know all I'm, the things I'm to say. With you. You're kind of a rascal. <laughs> I used to be. I used to be a lot more formidable when I rode heavier, dude. No one could move me. Yeah. Not so much the case anymore. I have to be wilier. And and I think probably my championships. I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be in the middle of the pack in Derby, too. All good. All we need is people to circle up and have a good time. Exactly. I'll still be the loudest person. I'll still be like, get that person! Yeah, right. right? Which is basically my my whole uh, my whole theory is just tell people to get other people. Like, oh, get that person. They won last round. Stay out of the buckle, you know. Exactly, and then you you just bide your time. All right, kids, that's what you do. You just cause a diversion, and then poof. Next thing you know, you're in the final four. You got a crown on your head. You're champion. Yeah. All right, well, speaking of champions, uh, you're a champion. Hey, I think you're a champion, buddy. Well, thanks for being on the show. This is the Danger Gnome podcast uh, for December, and uh, that's Adam Blake. This is Ask Adam. Adam is a bike wizard at the World of Bikes in Iowa City, so check them out. We'll have a link to their site in the show notes. You can stop in. You can, uh, I don't know, Adam's been been uh, working on some wrestling moves. Maybe you can uh, see if you can get him in a rear naked choke or something. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll 
roll for uh, discounts, right? <laughs> Best two out of three falls gets $5 off the next $150 purchase. Exactly. <laughs> I like to keep it within some constructs. <laughs> All right, my man. Thanks for uh, calling. We'll see you soon. Of course, brother. It's always a pleasure. I love talking to you. I'll uh, hopefully see you soon. Right on. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, of course, buddy. Yeah, bye. Hey, the Danger Gnome is lucky enough today to have Gary Crandall as a guest here. He has been the, he ran the Schwamigan Fat Tire Fest for 35 years, and uh, we're lucky to have him enough today on the phone. Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, thanks. Thanks for calling back. It's always uh, great to uh, chat with you and connect with your listeners. You said you sprinted home from cable. Uh, well, yeah, we had a 11 o'clock appointment, and I, uh, I looked at the clock, and I thought, oh, I got time. I'll, I'll ride into town and go to the post office, meet my buddy Jack at the Velo Cafe, and then it was like, whoops, I got to get back home, <laughs> like right now. And uh, so, yeah, that was fun. That was, a, that was a fun jaunt home. So it's not a long ride, but uh, it was pretty high intense. Nice. Intensity. So uh, we're uh, we're – Checking in as you continue your ride streak, how many days are you at right now? So starting on uh, April 1st for the 30 days of biking uh, promotion, uh, I just uh, completed my 246-day riding in a row. And as I told the guy at the table next to me who commutes every day in the Twin Cities, I said, "You you know, I don't think it's that big a deal. For other people, because they do it normally, but for me, who was a you know keyboard pounding uh, paper pusher, it's a big deal, you know. So two forty six. That's uh, that's even impressive. Even through the worst snowstorm, even through the worst snowstorm we've seen for a long time. Snowmageddon, I saw, and yeah. I'm somewhat jealous. Even though the, this year has been very good for snow, even down here in America's uh, Dairyland in the breadbasket oh, yeah. here. The lower center of the big whiskey. You're up in the up in the upper upper left hand corner there in the Northwoods. Northwest Wisconsin, Bayfield County, the northernmost, least populated, most heavily forested. Doesn't have a single stoplight. Wonderful county. In More porcupines per square foot than your average space in America. We, we might bear. have more bears, yeah. more bears mm. per square mile than we got people. Yeah, that I, I, I might be making that up. I know I ran yeah. into I ran into a badger, a live badger at Twin Lakes Campground right there in Drummond uh, once with a couple of my dogs there. They had a nose to nose encounter with a badger. Yikes! Well, and that's a that's a rare sighting. I like know. All the years I've been riding in the woods, I think I've only seen a couple of badgers. How about fishers? Fishers scare me more than badgers. Fishers, yes. Yeah, yeah. Fishers. I've seen more fishers than I've seen badgers. Yeah. You know, they, they kind of trap the fishers out. Yeah. And um, and when they trap the fishers out, that's when the porcupine population grew because the fishers, fishers were the one thing that ate the porkies. Right. And anything and mean, mean enough to eat a porcupine? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. They, they, and they actually, they, they, they prefer uh, domestic cats. Uh, I know, and small dogs. I know poodles. Yeah, my favorite. yeah any of that. So. Fifty pound weasel, dude. 
It's a fifty-pound yeah, weasel. That's right. Yikes! Like in the in the Roger Rabbit cartoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. For reals. So uh, you've had some icy conditions. I see you mounted the uh, your studs on there. You've got you've got a narwhal up front and a Dillinger in the back. I'm like. Man, I would do those the other way around. Have you tried? Did you try them both ways? Or, well, no. I uh, and I, I tell you, I am not a technically knowledgeable guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, took the narwhal down to my local peeps down at New Moon in Hayward. Mm-hmm. Shout out to those guys. And, Shout and out I to said, what would you do? Tim Kruger's mom, who used to work yeah. there anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, I think she still does. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, and, um, they suggested putting the narwhal on the front, Oh yeah, All which, right. uh, well, I ended go. up having to, uh, swap out the Bluto fork cause it was too big for the Bluto and I didn't really use the suspension fork anyway. So we put a carbon fork on it nice. and, uh, yeah. And they recommend, recommended, uh, the Dillinger for the backside. So and I don't know, got nothing to compare it to. I like it. Yeah. I don't know. And I, you know, when I thought about that, I'm like, well, am I really basing that on any real practical experience, or am I just hooked on? Well, if it's an arrow shaped tire, it goes on the front, and if it's a block shaped tire, it goes on the back. And I, oh, there you go. And I think, oh, yeah. Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm just I'm making a generalization that I've a rule that I've stuck to that I haven't really tested in a long time. So. I don't know if you saw my suggestion on one of my uh, riding posts that, uh, where I encountered some turkey tracks, that, that they should make tires that look like turkey tracks. <laughs> they're, they're definitely pointed in one direction or the other. You know? That's true. See, and those Dillingers yeah. actually kind of have a turkey track, but they would be moonwalking. <laughs> well, so Which I'm all be... new to this. So I, I got nothing to compare it to, and, and I'm enjoying, enjoying what it's doing, and you know, for Global Fat Bike Day, which is coming up, maybe I'll test ride some other things and just see, you know, what my feeling is on it. Yeah, you guys have a have a big uh, big deal going on there. Where's it going to be held? And I know New Moon is is one of the sponsors. It's, oh, it's going to be held yep. in the new in the new building at Double O, right? The new uh, Johnson Family Center up at Double O, which is just a crazy gorgeous building designed by my buddy uh terry penman from sealy huh, cool who happens to be one of the main bartenders at the river's eatery in cable so you got a sideline up here you can't can't just have one regular job i know and, shout uh, out to mick there at the river's eatery I... oh yeah and they actually Good they dude. reopened again they've been gone for about six weeks so we were all happy they showed up and um yeah so up at double o and there's uh couple of group rides some bike demos the ever popular cookies and hot chocolate i mean that'd get me to go just on that <laughs> and it's fun i'm picking up one of my uh young kind of neighbors lives out in the woods uh my buddy sam uh who's i've encountered cycling a couple of times and he's going to go up and test ride some fat bikes i think it'll be the first time he'll be on a fat bike so it'll be fun to see what his experience is he's part of that hayward composite team nice so yep. who's who's bringing demos out there is new moon bringing are they and what i think new moon and riverbrook i think ah. i think both of them are yeah so yeah, specialized track salsa yeah. 
necessarily. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd be making it up if I, if I told you. I, I don't know. I'm out of the organizational end of that. Gotcha. I'm sure there'll be a nice selection of different yeah. things for people to try. Know, historically, yeah. I think the New Moon was a Trek dealer. So, And you ride a Trek with 27.5 wheels. And you've just yeah. gotten on the 4.5s, which is the biggest of the big. It's the tallest and almost as wide as the widest. Um, what do you think of that? Is this Was this the first 4.5 on the 27.5 that you've yes. ridden? Yes. Yeah, I was riding, uh, I think, 3.8. It came stock with mm-hmm. those. So now you're, put the studs on. your bottom bracket went up like a 80, 80 yeah. millimeters about. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a different feel, you know, I mean, uh, put the carbon fork on, put the fatter tires on, uh, I could feel the difference. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it felt a little more floaty, still moving. I mean, mm-hmm. I wasn't dragging. Of course, I'd, I'm just now starting to ride it on some groom trails. Actually, we need a couple of cold nights to get things to firm up. Everything's pretty soft still, but the roads are solid, you know, the secondary sure. roads. Sure, but it yeah. definitely felt floatier. Yeah, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And more secure. I mean, the studs, before this last batch of snow, I mean, you had some pretty pretty good ice and frozen slush on the secondary roads. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a riding control guy, though. I've had a couple of admonitions from my wise uh, associates to watch out, bud. You know, and, but I'm yeah. your mother and father, uh-huh. and Imba will tell you, ride in control. Absolutely. I, I got no no desire for uh, too much speed or to push push the edge. That's yeah. not Nobody me. needs I, a I want to enjoy broken wrist or broken hip. Don't or, need that. Right. Don't exactly. Because you yeah. know what? Yeah. Dang it. It cost you five grand every time. <laughs> doesn't matter. Well, then my, my riding right. streak could be over. Right. Like right now. So, yeah, so we're so, not we're not we're not going okay. there. Yeah, helmets and yeah. and studded tires, man, and studs oh, yeah. eventually uh, studs on the bottom of your boots too. Yes, yeah. So I uh, that's the next step for me is uh, right now I'm still riding my old uh, CDs that I pulled out of the uh, Shawamigan uh, Fat Tire Lost and Found box a few years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, some really good boot covers. So. Mm-hmm. And I've had some cold days, but uh, only a few days where it was down in the low single digits, which gives me about an hour before my feet get cold. But the next thing I got to do is decide to either get some good uh, purpose-built clipless shoes and stick with the clips. MX 400s or or Wolf Hammers. I've been researching them, yeah, or put the flat pedals on and work with the boots I got, which I think it'll be the first thing I'll do. Yeah. Put the flat pedals on and put the 50 below sorrels on. And, and cause after all, I'm, I, I'm not competing. I just want to yeah. go out and enjoy yeah. the ride. And yeah. if you go out up there where you get that much snow and you get off in the ungroomed, you're going to be doing some well, hike a biking, you know, and hike a biking with absolutely. cleats on. Mm. I, I'm just going back. I'm, I'm trying. I'm going to try cleats again for the first time in like eight years in the winter time. I when I started yeah, riding yeah. fat bikes, I was started with flat pedals, and I grew to grow flat pedal ride flat pedals on almost everything except for the road. Yeah. And now I'm kind of creeping back into it because I'm testing a new Wolfhammer Boa set of boots, and yeah, I think that's you know 
the reason to have those boots is because you can want to ride clipless pedals. Otherwise, there's a variety of $200 boots that will suit you great as opposed to the right. almost $400 boots. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh well, it was a squeeze to, to, you know, get the new fork and, and, uh, get the tires on. And oh, I know it's nice. When... Lights and, and, you know, yeah. in the boots, it's like, I might've overextended my Christmas, uh, gift giving to myself. But you have so. good Sorrel winter boots. I, I spent the, I, yeah. the, the first few seasons riding in Sorrel's and man, I would love to go back to it. Cause those things are nice and cushy and super warm. Come on, I, I volunteer to park cars in January when it gets to be 20 below when you're parking cars for a ski race. So I got to have good boots. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All yeah, right. To think that I ride my bike with those, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, heck yeah. Uh, and shovel and do everything. Just lounge around that's in those. Right. <laughs> yeah, your, keep, your your, feet, keep your hands warm, you're, you're good to go. A toque? You know, I mean, no. Uh, no trouble keeping the core warm. I mean, it was, you know, is it a three-layer day or a four-layer day or a five-layer day? Core is always warm. So so far, of course, I haven't ridden in any real cold, but uh, but it's keeping your keeping your feet and your hands warm. That's as we all know, that's the ticket to having an enjoyable ride. Yep, that's for sure. We just had uh, Sam from Bontrager on to talk about. Uh, Talk about winter clothing, and uh, oh yeah, it's uh, that's the thing. Head, hands, feet. Although you know, that's I've, why I've, they that's why they invented the layered look. Yeah, friend. I've lost a, a yeah. bit of weight, and I'm I'm colder now than I've ever been before. Yeah. But yeah, I was always kind of overheating, so yeah. yeah, you know, I well, I lost I lost fifty five pounds since well there you go we're kind of in that same they that same boat yeah. i'm well i've lost a little more but it's it's the same thing you know i was just probably fatter than you <laughs> i thought the last time i saw a picture of you i thought you were looking pretty pretty slim there well good high five to you my brother right on right on and i don't yeah. i don't string my days i take a day off uh every week at least and uh oh yeah yeah but but i ride almost every day and, uh, well, you know, my go-to uh, day off uh, ride uh, in the streak was I'd get the e-bike out uh? and uh, just take a take a nice spin, you know, and just just spin my legs around. And uh, no studs on the e-bike, so the e-bike's put away for the year. So, so you know, my day off is you know it's it's, it's four and a half miles to town and same back, and that's a pretty easy ride. Yeah. Yeah, right yeah. Do my chores. And I, you inspired me to sign up for the rickshaw uh, rides at the retirement village here in Janesville. Nice. So, but they're they're shut down until springs. But I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I tell you, one of the most rewarding volunteer things I've done just just taking them out and people just open up. It it's good therapy. I mean, it is bona fide therapy because you're you're out on a ride with with you know octogenarians who who may not open up a lot but boy you get them outside and get the wind blowing in their hair and they see the leaves rustling and i, I had such a great time this summer given uh, the uh, residents the water's edge a ride mm. and uh, i really look forward to it again yeah that's a great story and i'm i'm gonna yeah Humbly following yeah, your footsteps you. in that. So good for you, buddy. You'll it'll it'll be very rewarding for you, and for the people that you that you pedal around, for sure. 
Cool. Well, all right. I look forward to uh, getting up there and maybe going for a ride someday soon. There you go. And, you know where uh, to find me. Happy Global Fat Bike Day. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. All right, man. Right on. All right. We'll talk to you again. All right. Take care. Thanks, Thanks Gary. Today's program is brought to you by BikeJacket.net. Have you ever gotten to that weekend ride that you've been daydreaming about all week and discovered that snow and road spray froze your derailleur or encased your brakes in ice? BikeJacket.net has the perfect solution. BikeJacket makes easy-to-install covers that protect your bike from the nastiest winter weather. Winter travel exposes your bike to salt spray, and rust never sleeps, amigos. So before you leave for your next bike date, put your bike on the rack and put a jacket on your bike. Bike jacket covers work with all hitch and roof racks, and they're running a special holiday offer until New Year's Day 2020. Visit bikejacket.net or click on the banner in the show notes for the best bike covers in the business. That was Rock Me Like a Hurricane by UFO. And right now, it's time to play What Are You Wearing? Hey, I've got uh, the Wizard of Winter Apparel over at Bontrager and Trek Bicycles. Mr. Sam Foos, welcome to the show, Sam. Hello. Thanks for having me. Hey, so uh, what are you wearing, big boy? Well, it's so it's, <laughs> it's, Easy. <laughs> it's the Wednesday before Global Fat Bike Day. We've been yeah. having ride weather in the 30s, the dirty 30s, and sometimes peaking at 40 if you can get out of the peak of the heat of the day. So uh, what, do, what, do, what do you wear for that kind of stuff? You know, it always seems like a guessing game for everyone. You know, this time of the year when you get into that, it's not bitterly cold to your bones yet, and it's still, you know, a little nice when that sun peaks out, but it seems like we almost have amnesia. Uh, when it comes to this time of the year, almost like you want to record what you were wearing last year. But, um, you know, for me, I keep it pretty basic. Um, usually the rules are, you know, you want a base layer, a mid layer and an outer layer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always make sure that I have, uh, that first layer taken care of because, um, a lot of times when you ask people, uh, the first question for what they need to wear is, you know, do you run hot or cold? And most people kind of have a sense of, where they fit in that uh, to be able to adjust because some of us, I don't know if you're like me that, you know, when it hits about 50 degrees for any type of riding, whether you're like, this is perfect. You have a light uh, piece on, but you're not sweltering like in the middle of summer. Right. Other people, you know, just generally run a little, little colder and they have to add a little bit more on to make sure that their internal climate um, can do its job. So do you think so, that uh, yeah. they can regulate that by the thickness of their base layer or how do, how would you say? Yeah, yeah it's a combination that? of materials. You know, wool has been around for, well, how long, right, since there were animals. Um, but the process of being able to use natural fibers um, is really important. You probably see those most in uh, heavier base layers, that wool. But then over time, the DuPonts of the world have helped create synthetics and helped kind of make a more engineered version of that for the different temperatures. So you'll see people wearing base layers in anything from summer uh, all the way down to the, the coldest of winter. And a lot of the idea here is that you want to just basically get sweat away from your body. Um, so it's not just to keep you warm. It's also to keep you dry. Mm-hmm. Cause nobody wants to, you know, go through a ride and feel like they have to wring a shirt or, or anything they're wearing. 
And that, so that's that why a lot of insufferable clammy feeling. Yeah, it's you know it's one of the and especially in the cold when that moisture hits any type of open air because you feel like you're overheating, you'll get really chilly. So they say you know start a little colder than normal because your body has a natural engine and mm-hmm. it will eventually heat itself up. Um, and that's more for the core. Uh, when we get to extremities uh, later on in the conversation, we can kind of customize that. But you always start with the base layer to keep yourself dry, cool, and that will inevitably keep you warm. Mm-hmm. And then um, the outer layer, jumping to that, is really dependent on what's going on outside, right? Is it snowing? Is it raining? Is it sleety? Is that crazy snowy mix that nobody really has a definition for? Or are you getting stuff coming up from the trail? You know, you forgot those mud guards or you're riding with somebody else. What are you trying to protect yourself from? Because realistically, the only reason we have clothes is for protection and modesty, right? Mm-hmm. Well, oh, and style. style. <laughs> yep. Can't forget that. And so you notice a lot of the biking uh, specific apparel is quite different than what you'd find in, let's say, traditional workwear apparel because it has not only the features and the function to riding a bike, uh, but it also has a sense of fashion to it, of, you know, looking the part. But no, I'm, I'm, you're on the outer layer, and I'm testing an old man winter jacket and pants. Yeah. And uh, that jacket is unbelievably technical. Uh, and the one oh, challenge, yeah. and I, I kind of am jumping ahead here, I have, I have a challenge with sure. my helmet, like keeping my head warm. But let's put that aside and just talk about the jacket. That jacket is, for one, uh, has a cure for that problem is it has this articulated hood that can go over your helmet and a BOA system to tighten it onto the, 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 your brow mm-hmm. kind of uh, axis. It's, uh... it, it's, it really has solved my quandary, but I don't know if I like the way it looks. I have a giant enough head, <laughs> right? But beyond the fashion uh, aspect of it, it, it really works quite well for the climate of okay. keeping your head warm while still ventilated. Um, that jacket has great pockets, uh, oh, yeah. great it's, venting. It's and Functionality is just off the charts. And, you know, I... I it's a it's a robin's egg blue kind of color and it's it's a lighter color so i had to completely gut a tire a tubeless tire i was trying to get the seat and put a tube in it and doing that repair on the trail i got grease on the front of the jacket i'm like ah damn so uh, so i i took it and uh pre-treated it with some uh with some stain treatment and scrubbed it a bit and then Put it in the washer in cold. Followed the followed the care instructions, and boom, no stain. It came out looking just as good as new. So, um, but the, I always say the the true long term goal is to find out what happens with laundry cycles with some of these things because right. you wear them and you sweat in them, and ultimately you're going to have to launder these things. So, uh, I'm well into the. Uh, the building building a temple to the pants though dude those old man winter pants holy cow Uh, it just you had said you know the bicycle form is not necessarily always the everywhere function this i think is the perfect balance of both of those things the wallet pocket on those pants Mm -hmm. and the phone thigh pockets and vents it's just 
put together so well. The stretchy belt is a really nice touch for, you know, you have to be able to, when you're breathing hard and bent over, you do not have the same waist right. size as when you're standing around oh, sipping correct. a beer, you know. Well, and, so You know, making sure you don't have the plumber's butt in the back, too. I mean, yeah. it's all these little intricate details of, you know, that's one of the nice things. We've uh, been developing that path for quite a while through the Wisconsin winters and you know, what a great place to product test for something like that. Um, and you'll all, also notice, you know, what was where people were kind of adapting products from their outdoor lifestyle to this biking sphere. Mm-hmm. You actually are starting to see the opposite of where, you know, that's now your sledding pants, your uh, snowshoeing pants, your basically outdoor pants. Um, it's, and it's kind uh, of really soft touch on the inside as well. It's not kind of a, a more durable. It's uh, the... Ultimate pair of pants. It's <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> it, you, know, you know, I, I like to think that I'm the that. guy that put the sport back in sport shirt. Well, <laughs> those nice. pants put the sport into pants. Those are like sports slacks. Right. Like, they, they work really well. And and I the, I was say, sung I the praises of those pants by Chris Daisy. Oh. I can't I can't think about. Uh, the uh, the sports slacks we we actually worked that out I think in uh, one of our conversations about these are the ultimate slacks yeah so you know, uh, so it, well it's played one thing there. to have just uh, thank you very much you hit it you know right nail on the head of having that fashion fit and function and really diving into each one of those things um, because you know I mean a product that protects you is great but we all have lip balm and you know wallets and all these all these different things we like to carry stuff and phones and all these things and so having a place not only to put that but also having a lot of those things double as a vent pocket mm-hmm. um on the jacket and on the pants to be able to make sure that they go beyond just a small temperature range but something that you can use um for a longer time is is an investment worth making built-in gators which I haven't even tried yet yep, because we haven't had it. enough snow. But the first time we get well, 10 inches of snow, those things will. are going on there. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah, it's super easy loop. You know, a lot of these things were either um, created in combination with our Old Man Winter boot um, or able to be used with a variety of different products, even, you know, regular shoes, um, if you'd like to do that. But just very adjustable and very um, versatile. So and you can always take them off, too. So I have a question for you on before we get to the mid layer. Uh, I've been sure. noticing that companies don't seem to be embracing the knicker length mid layer uh, padded, sure. you know, uh, bib riding short right, right mm-hmm. knicker. They seem to be going to a full length, and and I've I've tried it, and it's like okay, now I don't have to buy tall socks. I can wear right. crew socks, and everything works with the boot fairly well. But I thought. Well, I would just ask somebody who's in the industry and say, "Is that is that a is that a trend that that the knicker is out and the full length?" Yes, yeah, you've <clears throat> um, you've kind of seen this change happen on the bike where you know we've been offering three lengths a full tight knicker and then a traditional short, whether thermal material or, or standard. And then as warmers got better, you know, either a knee or a leg warmer. Um, we found a lot of times people just picking, you know, wanting that one short that they can wear and then just adding on mm-hmm. or just going the full uh, into a, a tight or a pant. And realistically, you're actually seeing this trend 
on the summer downhill mountain bike scene where a lot of the people are wearing short, shorter sleeves or long sleeves, um, riding jerseys in summer and pants all year round. And a lot of that has to do with either pedal strikes or um, the terrain they're going on, but mostly it's style. Um, people are wearing knee pads more often now, uh, now that G form and a lot of these more smaller versions mm -hmm. and the technology has changed. But, you know, it really depends on if you want a versatile piece or a dedicated piece. Um, and the pants, you know, goes for a much different temperature range than a necro would, um, knowing that most people already have a nice pair of shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that makes and then sense. it's the decision of, you know, do you want a chamois or not? Um, that's always a personal preference, uh, depending on not just what kind of saddle you're riding, but your the anatomy. Um, and, and all these things kind of come into play of, you know, what works for you? And that's kind of the nice thing is now more than ever we have options. And we can really kind of a la carte or customize to what we like uh, personally and not just saying like, well, this pro rides that, so that's all we get. Or, you know, nobody makes a high quality product because um, it's just not something that, you know, enough people value or, or whatever the rationale is. But now we kind of have the best of all worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that kind of just spurs a little thought bubble and like, okay, well, sure. just engage your knee warmers and bam, mm -hmm. you've got the the knicker that you've you've wanted yeah so and then you can use your favorite summer chamois with uh yep. with a mid-layer and that brings us to the mid-layers what do you like for yeah. mid-layer polypropylene you know, do you like the uh oh. do you like mid-weight merino wool what what do you go with i mean there's so many options the idea here is it's a thermal layer right so it traps heat um, it, it really is that the weight of that garment more than anything is really going to determine how warm you are. And so because we have a lot of different materials here, um, like you mentioned, Merino, Polypro, fleece, all these things, that goes back into our original question of, you know, do you run hot or do you run cold? Mm -hmm. But you also have to kind of balance that with what kind of effort are you putting in? Are you putting in a medium or hard effort? Um, are you having a, you know, an, race day or a recovery day or are you just going you know a nice pace just to get outside and a lot of that will determine how that heart rate will really kind of focus on how much are you sweating and how much energy are you creating because your body creates this basically like a, a microsphere this mm -hmm. little tiny hemisphere kind of like a biodome and what that outer layer does is traps it and so you think of something like a puffy uh vest or jacket um inside of that it's kind of like a sleeping bag. Mm -hmm. And you figure why a sleeping bag works is you basically trap your heat inside and just kind of circulates. And that's why puppies are so warm. They might be really light, um, but they give you enough loft that it circulates that air. Mm -hmm. And so Trapped while something like a tight, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, a tight is great because it not only keeps you warm, but it also provides compression. And so people who want to fight muscle fatigue and don't want cramps or anything like that, uh, because their water bottle froze over or something, you know, they can't get hydrated. Um, again, it really comes down to personal preference. So uh, that's something that you can kind of customize to what you need uh, for how you run heat-wise. I'm testing some new yak wool that's a special okay. hmm. proprietary blend with merino wool. Um, and I've, I've taken on a couple of rides, and I, I, I think it they – it's warmer. It almost has a like a terry yeah. cloth next to the skin 
Uh, and it, huh. and it really what were has, you writing before that? Um, I would were write more of a radio like, guy or yep. I, I run okay. uh, light bass layer, uh, like a classic Wallistic wool jersey, and then that's for like thirty with with the uh, old man winner on top. Mm. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, we have so many more storage options now. You know, you would think, excuse me, the first time coming out, like, well, I'll just take something off and, you know, I'll, I'll put it in my bag or something mm-hmm. like that if I get too hot. And the reality is, you know, nobody wants to add extra weight to their bike or things that they don't need because once that piece gets to a point of getting, you know, saturated with sweat or anything like that, it's almost unusable because it hits cold air and nobody would want to put that back on. So really kind of braving the cold at that, that first start of the ride until you can heat yourself up is is so important. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And and sometimes it's a little bit of a guessing game to be honest. Yeah. You get pretty good at it though. And that's really the, the, you know, real quick, the essence of why we're doing these segments is just to let people know what people are wearing when they go out. So, um, Mm -hmm. and and you know the 40 degrees i just did a ride yesterday where actually had in at 40 degrees i i wear low shoes and crew socks and i have a little skin showing on my legs you know i'll wear oh, really? knicker length and i'll go with a vest instead of a jacket and have full vintage as for mountain biking you know trail riding because the effort is is up, though, and you're in a relatively you're only making your own wind. There isn't that much wind, right? Uh, right. From, when you figure, you know, the legs are always moving, right? Those are creating different energy than your core uh, or even your arms often. And so, this is not to say that you know you have to carbon copy what you do for the top half than your bottom half. Because mm-hmm. traditionally, to your point of you know showing skin and only just needing knickers is that energy creating is just naturally going to be different and there's also you know clinical proof that some people sweat more than others Mm -hmm. and our engines are basically just built differently and so that's why you really have to customize this to you right and i would figure above freezing my skin isn't going to be damaged by by those temperatures it's only just going to cool me down which i i run hot so uh yep but uh The the one issue that I've been having is I used to wear an aero shell over a laser helmet with their winter liner, oh, sure. and that was my year round helmet, and I could tune that by temperature. And uh, mm-hmm. now the helmet that fits my noggin in their line, they don't make an aero shell for. So, oh really? So it's like, mm. I, and I've been using successfully the hood on the old man winter. And I just don't want to go. Again, because of fashion, I don't want to go with uh-huh. any kind of, uh, you know, any type of breathable membrane kind of shower cap cover for right. my helmet, you know, because I, I don't want to, I already am a big enough you dork, know, I don't want to look like uh, a bigger easy. one. You know, I the boulder, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, as our parents would say, you're unique just like everyone else. Yes. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of tricks you can do at, you know, the local hardware store to either cover vents uh, without, um, you know, um, changing the integrity of the helmet. And also we think about it with the feet. So a trick we used to do before we had OMW shoes was we'd go and get duct heating uh, insulation tape and mm-hmm. put those at the bottom of our sock liners, the, the insole, because, you know, you have this metal cleat right. on this metal 
pedal, yeah. it's like, well, where's that cold going to go? It's going to go to your toes. And so reflecting the heat that you actually are making with your, with your feet uh, down and making sure that no cold air comes in and through, you know, that was just by going down to the hardware store and cutting a piece of tape. Mm, now you've got me thinking, you know, I have a big fuzzy dog. I could just mm-hmm. brush him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like where you're going with this. And, and you're going to have a Reno dog fund now. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, literally, I know that people weave this particular breed's dogs into into wool. So if I mm-hmm. just rough it up and rat it up and stuff it into my vent holes, that, right. that would probably work. But well, I need some sort of. I need some work. sort of. Uh, I'd, I'd like to think that a breathable membrane. Maybe I just. Well, that's the thing is you know all these kind of home remedies tricks. They also have their disadvantages of, you know, you're, you're changing the structure of how your foot for the insulation example and, and how your arch is being supported. And so, you know, where you solve one problem, you might be creating another one in a different way. And so that's why you see things like the OMW shoe or, you know, pants made out of a specific material. All these things become created because they are designed to balance and take care of all the issues, not just pinpoint one. Well, I think like, that I'm just going to like the, uh, keep wearing um, the big blue helmet or the big blue hood over yeah, my helmet. Well, that's the thing. Like you mentioned, you know, the miracle of modern science of a boa dial, right? Right. A hood is something that, you know, all of a sudden it starts precipitating on you or you're cold. What do you do? You put your hood on it. You know, the traditional jacket you'd buy at an outdoor supply center is likely not going to fit over a helmet. Right. Uh, but that doesn't mean... You know, you don't need that. And so at the same time, this is also a jacket you can wear every day, wear around town. And some of us have, you know, a stocking cap, a baseball cap, or or no cap. And so being able to change how that structure, that uh, hood, goes from being on a helmet to on just a regular head or being out of the way by just a flip of a dial is pretty ingenious, honestly, of, you know, the lightweight and ease of use. I, I agree. Mean, the first time I, I with one hand on the bar and I, no, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Completely adjustable. The first time that I discovered that there was a bow there, I was like, mm-hmm. "Damn, these guys right? thought of everything!" And then I mm-hmm. took it into you know, I, I wore it into the bathroom with my helmet on, and I was like looking in the mirror and seeing how it really tightens right under the rim oh, of yeah. the helmet, and it cinches into place. And leaves a little bit of the front open, so you get a little bit of vintage, but it completely stops the ice cream headache that can be caused by a 20-mile-an-hour headwind in 30 degrees. You know, it just makes it go away and makes it... It works. Creates that little little biodome for my my big, giant head. Exactly. I think that's, you know, our expectations is that things are supposed to work. And we've all had some issues where one thing or another didn't work for us. And then, uh, you know, you find out the value of paying for features that you wouldn't think you'd need, but then when you have them, you really appreciate them and really value them. Absolutely. Uh, well, we're also lucky. I can't say enough about the bow partners, you know, them yeah. being able to figure out, you know, Hey, we're going to be needing to put shoes on with gloves on or, or all these things. So being able to think about that. They're, they're really smart people great to work with go into the think tank with the boa team yeah they're awesome that's cool 
All right, Sam. Well, thanks for playing. What are you wearing? Of course. And, uh, <laughs> Can't wait for next time. We gotta when when we get to ten inches of snow, we gotta put our gaiters on and go ride somewhere. Where, where where are you riding for Global Fat Bike Day? I'm putting you on the spot. Um, you know, I'll probably hit up uh, the local trails. You know, we have that benefit here at Trek HQ, and uh, something that you definitely don't want to take for granted. So I'll be there. Cool. Well, have fun. What about you? Where are you at? Uh, I'm I'm hosting one that's going to be at Camrock if the trails are open. But if they're not, awesome. then we have a whole list of. We have, uh, we have, you know, you have to be, this time backup, of year, you backup. have to be, yeah, you just have to be. Fun and flexible, flexible, as we say. Yeah, you know. Cool. Kettle or Santa Rampage or Levis or. You know. Oh, I know. There's, it's a great there's, problem to have. Yeah, it's a, it's a great day. So thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. All right, take care. Thanks. Danger Gnome! Hey, did you know the Danger Gnome is caffeinated now? We have a new coffee sponsor, and it is our buddy, Taddy Hog down in KC, the Cacophony Coffee Roasters. I just uh, did a pour over, got the package today of some coffee and uh, ground up some beans. The grinder really drives my dog nuts, but yeah, oh, yeah. So anyway, Cacophony Coffee Roasters, check out the ad in the show notes and uh, brew yourself up so I'm going to have coffee outside on your bike. I've been doing that. It's kind of cool. And now we have Travis Hubbard, fat ambassador to the entire state of Alaska and the Yukon Territories. They're in Canada. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. How you doing? I do Babylon, though. <laughs> oh, God, I warned you. <laughs> I didn't know I was covering the Yukon, too, but uh, okay. <laughs> All right. I got it. So uh, you went to the Anchorage Museum, the Snowflyer exhibit, where uh, Greg Mattis and some other pioneers of the fat bike genre up there in Alaska made a presentation. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah. So the uh, the Snowflyer exhibit is uh, it's an exhibit, I would call it an, an, an ode to... Uh, Innovative ways the Alaskans have had fun on snow and also the way they've uh, traveled on snow. Mm-hmm. And so the exhibit um, has some really cool old school snow machines, snowboards, uh, skis, some other unique creations that uh, people came up with to try to travel across snow that just didn't work. And, uh, course, the main reason I was there was the, was the fat bike portion of the exhibit, um, which is uh, most of the bikes there uh, are, I, I believe, from uh, Speedway in Greg's Museum. Cool. Yeah, I've seen, and bikes I've seen that, many of those bikes, and we've shot pictures of them. I know that that triple wheel one that I saw the picture that you posted, I had seen that one before. Yeah. Yeah, the Bigfoot and... Um, and the Avingson and uh, the Icicle Bicycle, Steve Baker's. Yeah, there was um, certainly not enough room for Greg to bring his, his whole collection down, but uh, it, it's uh, certainly a cool exhibit, you know, and uh, some old tires and wheel sets uh, uh, there as well. And they, and, did, they uh, did some sort of presentation last Friday night 
where everybody yeah, cut up and, and talked about their portion of the development or um, how did that go? Yeah, it was just, just kind of a round table, open conversation. Uh, yeah, Greg and uh, uh, Roger Cowles and Andy. I can't remember Andy's last name. Um, he's, he's at uh, Alaska Arctic Bicycle and uh, uh, John Evingson. Mm-hmm. And so they, um, yeah, it was just, you know, some back and forth and tales from the trail about trips they've taken uh, up the trail, you know, and uh, certainly, uh, you know, with an aspect on the bikes that were there and and the developments and progression. Um, and one of the and presenters the tri- was... And the trials and tribulations. <laughs> one of the presenters was the first person to successfully complete the Iditarod Trail, correct? Yeah, Roger, Roger Cow. Roger yeah. Cow, okay. And that's the icicle bicycle, right? Um, actually he, he did, I believe, uh, that he, he was the first to complete it and he was on an icicle bicycle. Um, and then that Bigfoot was what he created that, uh, I believe later. It's almost uh, like, which was, which was the six pack, the three in the front, three in the rear. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, uh, following the early days of aviation where they had biplanes and then dry planes and all to get flotation and to be able to ride on top of the snow. Right. So, yeah, and those funky, those funky bar ends that Roger, uh, you know, somebody asked a question about that. Um, you know, the really long bar ends of the tennis balls on top. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he was saying, he, uh, you know, he could just uh, lean back, pull on those, and just pedal away. <laughs> and, and some pretty soft stuff. And then get, get that front end up. <clears throat> that exhibit... Might be up until April, you said. So I might be able to uh, see it myself because. Dun, dun, dun. You know already. I booked flights to Alaska to stay for, oh, just shy of three weeks, I think, and uh, go to the Talkeetna Trio World Championships and to go to the White Mountains 100 and. Uh, Visit Fairbanks for the first time, amigos de Fairbanks. We're gonna eat tacos and ride bikes and already eat more uh, tacos. <laughs> <laughs> already texted Tupper and uh, and Jeff Gilmore, and can't wait to go up there. It's gonna be awesome. <clears throat> yeah, it is. <clears throat> We're looking forward to having you uh, having you back up, man. It's gonna be a good yeah, time. Yeah, well, that's what you say until you know about the. 15th day that I'm living in your basement rec room. <laughs> oh no, we're gonna put you to work, man. All right, I, I got a, I got two cords of wood coming in and a and a dull axe back in the yard. I, I'm, you know, no, we're gonna ride bikes and have fun and uh, see what kind of trouble we can't get into. Right on, and uh, I haven't decided whether uh, ten beers is coming with. Jeff said yeah. he has a bike for me in, in Fairbanks. But, you know, yeah. if I bring 10 beers, might as well bring 10 beers, right? But we'll have to see how all, oh, that, yeah. how all that pans out. Right? And you you actually have two really nice fat bikes. Well, you, do you think yeah. you'll still have the uh, the Defiance by then? I expect it to be gone by then, yeah. but right. we may be able to reacquire it. I don't know if it's going back to Homer. Um yeah, once I get the test wrapped up on uh, bike project number four, um, 
I'll probably just bring it back over to Daniel's friend here in Anchorage's house. So it might be sticking around. Cool. I, yeah. Uh, I've been riding 10 beers and riding these Rathlord tires. And today oh, really? was a perfect 28-degree after a 16-degree overnight temp. No snow, no frost, no frost heave even, like side frozen sidewalk single track with perfect traction. So even on the fat bike, like I was in my top three on the Strava segments on that trail system for, you know, because I use the Wahoo now. I was like, that's pretty good. That means that I'm almost as fast as my mountain bike on the fat bike. So, so did you have some ice in, you had some ice involved or just nice frozen very dirt? very little very little ice mostly perfect i I really kicked myself because I thought that's what we, I would find and I love to go out there with my clunker, my single speed hank bike and just rip the green trails, just do multiple trails because it's you just can cook the turns in there it's just so BMXy that loop so it's like almost a two mile loop and just go out there and do five of those things <laughs> and just try and you know session every curve and it's, it's a blast <laughs> i like that kind of riding but yeah i i rode the fat bike instead just because just, i didn't know we have snow by our house but two miles from us we don't have snow so we had this like freak snowstorm hopefully it's not some sort of weird chemical thing from the ethanol plant but uh you never know (laughs) who knows what they're doing over there they certainly have crazy freaking drills (laughs) like once a month like every kind of godzilla is attacking kind of siren goes (laughs) off and they go on the they go on the loudspeaker it's crazy but so you, uh, are you like mandated by law to back into your driveway for a fast exit or <laughs> i usually do because it's backing out is hard backing in yeah you're already warmed up from the drive home right so right Global Fat Bike Day happened. This, this show kind of straddles a little bit before Global Fat Bike Day and a little bit after Global Fat Bike Day. Um, I was surprised. We talked earlier in the week, and you were like, yep, no Global Fat Bike Day in Anchorage. But everybody rode that day, and you saw you saw everybody out. Uh, a ton of people were out. Yeah, there was, you know, uh, in the past, chain reactions, um, kind of done the group ride thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the global fat bike day organization, since I, uh, you know, Jordy, uh, I think step, step aside from that. And, uh, so the last couple of years, you know, that was starting, you started in midtown at bread and brew and rode up towards the Anchorage hillside and, you know, people flying everywhere. Um, but yeah, you, we, we checked out, uh, sent him a message on Facebook and Hey, anything going on? And, you know, I was checking all the, uh, local interwebs, seeing, there was an official uh, global fat bike day celebration and um, came up empty. So, so are Alaskans, do, do Alaskans think that global fat bike day is, is dumb? <laughs> uh, I, I, I cannot believe that to be true. 
certainly not this Alaskan. Well, where no, were you? And, where were you in organizing it, dude? You're the fat uh, ambassador to the entire state, yo. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! I just sorry. I do don't I just do that? I like. Oh yeah, let's talk about this, and then I just turn the tables then, on you and be like, yeah, yeah well, where where was I? Um, yeah, I was out in the woods with a group of friends <laughs> in a flask of scotch <laughs> on a awesome night ride. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, but going out yeah, at night was, makes a lot yeah. more sense. We had to go out very early in the morning, and uh, yeah. it was frozen, and it was was very much like my trails today. You know, it's like yeah. I rode the the three point sevens on fifty millimeters. You know, it was that kind of ride. No studs right. required. Just frozen dirt. Yeah. Well, we, we had gotten a nice shot of snow, and uh, so we had a nice snowy global fat bike day, but it up in the uh, uh, far north bicentennial park where we were, it was uh, super sugary. So there was a fat bike rut slash trench down the middle, mm. and then it, when you got popped out of that, it was just prepared to eat shit. So, <laughs> uh, good luck staying up. Yeah, it was... It was squirrely. Um, so a slot fact, car track, a sloppy slot car track. Yeah, it was a sloppy kind of slot. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly. what I call that condition. Did you have yeah, slot yeah, cars you when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, you had slot cars. When yeah, you were a kid. yeah. And when you get, you know, you get as soon as you uh, get sideways in that rut, it was just ejection into the woods. You know, <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, I got I had some complaints about my. Uh, trail selections because <laughs> the multi-use trails were perfect right oh, they were groomed yeah. and buffed out and i uh, i wanted to go deep into some single track and off into some part of places and yeah i was the ride leader and uh, i got scolded <laughs> but we finally made it back to some nice stuff yeah <laughs> so i was out there and then then we uh we it? hit a record temp was it what's that was it your scotch that you brought with you know to uh Ah, yeah, that that heals everything. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I had uh, some Oban Highland. Uh, It was delicious. But, uh, yeah, well, right after that, was it uh, later, a couple days later, we got another Pineapple Express came through, washed away most of our snow. We had a record temp of 51 (laughs) in December in Anchorage. It's the highest ever recorded winter temperature in this town. So I uh, lost most of it and then turned around and cooled off. So basically everything's a glazed donut right now. Um, yeah, even today with uh, – uh, usually I don't have issues out there when it's icy with my studs on, but it was a slow ride today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, Rathlords, those extra long concaves. But, you know – Probably Johnny Fives with those extra long concaves would be pretty killer too, you know. Combining yeah, and those are three hundred per tire, right? The Rathlords, yeah. And somebody was asking me what the difference is between a Rathchild and a Rathlord, and I haven't ever ridden a Rathchild fat bike tire. I rode a plus bike tire, and it was really good. But I would just say, just think about what the difference would be between the wrath of a child versus. <laughs> The wrath of a lord with an E. It's going to hurt more. Yeah. 
I think there's more resources to bear. It's like, well, I'm going to scream and cry, or I'm going to draw and quarter you. And take your land by force if need be. <laughs> and your chickens. <laughs> All of your chickens. <laughs> <laughs> I had fried chicken for dinner. Delicious. So, yeah. So there you go. I'm, I'm continue to lose weight. I'm not trying to lose weight, but I just continue to lose weight. That's so. awesome. Send some of that my way, dude. Yeah, you ever seen the mood movie Thinner, where the guy gets a left eye gypsy curse and he like weight <laughs> of skeleton? I saw that. No, movie. I have not. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds interesting though. <laughs> it's in a little close to home. So I'm like, I just broke the 200 mark. So, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. I'm a buck 99, yeah, well, you, you, buck 99 and a half now, so I'm just under 200. But it's been a long time. Like It was like 1995 or something last time I was under 200 pounds, yo. Yeah, right there with you. I have not seen under 200 in, in, the dec- in a few decades. Trying to get there. Uh, you're definitely motivating me. Yeah, when you uh, shot me your itinerary, I was like, oh, crap. Now I really got to go ride the hell out of a bike. <laughs> well, just, you know, just ride. I, you know, I'm not fast, you know. That's, that's one thing that the if you get a Wahoo, you'll know exactly where you stand on the whole Strava because everyone that rides the stuff that you ride, you know what the fastest guy does it in, you know what you do it in, you know what the <laughs> slowest guy does it in, and everything in between. So, yeah, yeah no, I, I keep it's a private wise. Garmin Connect thing yeah. going, but yeah, uh, yeah like th- I did notice today my average was about three miles per hour less uh, straight up due to the conditions out there. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, try to go fast and drive your face into a tree. <laughs> Never a good idea. Today, though, oh, man, just the ultimate in traction and really smooth, hard conditions, like low rolling resistance, and I just knew with those tires at that pressure and and everything being frozen, I could just just go brakeless on almost every downhill. So that's awesome. Yeah, I love I love frozen dirt when you can. uh, Yeah, for the couple, you know, usually for us we get a good you know three or four weeks of that uh, before the snow hits. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to maniacal years. Been going from yeah snow, frozen ground, mud, back to the snow. Now we got glazed donut ice out there. Well, all I have to do is drive two hours, and there's snow just north of us. So, and actually at my house, right, right in my one square mile little area around my house, we have snow, but everywhere else around me, except for two hours north of me, doesn't, but you know, I'm going, I'm driving three hours to go do this race. Spinner's coming over and we're uh, carpooling up to this race. And on Saturday, the shell track, 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 track. Yeah. How long? How long is that? Uh, how long is the course? Uh, I think it's about um one point three five miles, and it has a beer shortcut. <laughs> <laughs> That's my kind of race. <laughs> um, 
Can you sign up for one lap? <laughs> no, it's it's you know you sign. There's an individual which you would do. I would guess some sort of. They might do it by ride for an hour and then bell lap, or they might just say number of laps, or okay. and, and then you have the choice of riding the team. And this year they're going to do. They're going to pick teams some way. Uh, I've been to a lot of, in Wisconsin, it's a fairly popular thing to do, just like pick like gym class. You have a derby, which determines captains, and then those captains just pick, you know, the person who won. Oh, I always hated that, man. I was always really? pick last. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I probably, if I would, I would be picked last, you know, but now maybe, you know, being just a little bit skinnier, maybe I'll be next to last. I don't, I don't know. But, uh, Spinner and I would like to be on the same team, but, uh, and of course, we wanted Leia to be on our team, but she's too fast for us. Somehow they, they're, they're, they're running the expert race at the same time as the team race. So we're just going to like wing it. Oh. And if, and if, if Spinner and I are not on the same team, then we get to race each other, <laughs> which, you know. I, I'm sure he's. I'm sure he'll beat me, but so you, but you both got a pocket full of handles. Even if I get, even if, it's, <laughs> even if it's close, I win because I'm like old enough to be his daddy. <laughs> uh, I suppose you know, just every day I'm above ground is is probably a win. So, uh, anything else you guys uh, you want to talk about? Uh, the, uh, we just got I just looked the other this weekend, kind of started checking into the race scene up here. So Frosty Bottom's coming up. Oh, Frosty Bottom. Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe that's January 11th. The so Crosstown never... Classic. King Cage to Hillside Classic. and back. Right. Well, you know, and they changed the short course now, which has made a ton of sense for the better. So the short course now uh, just goes from Kincaid to Midtown. Yeah. Um, so like where the, by the two, kind of close to the Tudor Bridge uh, turnaround there and uh, there. Yeah, yeah. I know and back is. so that all the people doing the 25 aren't having to deal with the shuttle, right? Uh, yeah. 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 So that, uh, and, they, and then they get to enjoy that climb up to the Kincaid Chalet as well, right? <laughs> Everybody loves that. And, uh, um, so, um, yeah, that was the course change they did last year, I think was the first year they did that. Yeah, so, that makes um, sense. Cause that, I'm that shuttle has to be, people are getting, yeah, a lot of cars and, going back and forth yeah. and yeah, sitting around waiting for a ride. Uh, well, well thought out there with the carbon footprint. Yes. <laughs> so they, uh, I thought Alaskans yeah. all had their own airplane or, or uh, I w I wish. Or a hovercraft. I'd fly to Arizona. <laughs> I'm not gonna. If I'm not gonna get to have a real winter, then I'd rather just be hot. All right. Well, you're gonna yeah. get real winter. You know. Yeah, I'm hoping so. You know, patience. Uh, just wait till I come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. You're gonna show up, and we're gonna get like a foot a day, and not even be able to ride a bike, but we're gonna ski a bunch. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Gomez's snowboard slash uh, backcountry touring slash downhill ski trip. Sweet. All right. Well, I can't wait, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us on the Danger Gnome Podcast. Always a pleasure. Anytime. All right, Travis. I will see you in a few months. Maybe we'll talk between now and then. 
Yeah, sounds good, man. Yeah, I'm going to do everything I can to make Fairbanks. So my work crystal ball, I can't see that far out. But uh, You could surprise us all and show up at the Fetter by the Lake uh, weekend retreat. They're sponsored by Spurly Bikes in Zion, January 3rd in, through the 5th. Oh, man, I would so love to show all, up there. Uh, all it I is, man, at, it's like drive to the airport, jump on an airplane, fly to O'Hare. There's probably nonstop flights. And then yeah. get in an Uber, jam up to Zion Cyclery, be like, I am the Fat Ambassador from Alaska and the Yukon Territories. I believe you have a bike ready for me. They'll be like, right this way, sir. And there'll be there'll be a there'll be a beautiful specialized fat boy with half of it painted with the flag of Canada and the other half you'll so if you look at it from the drive side, it's the American flag. If you look at it from the non drive side, it's the Canadian flag. If you look at it from awesome. the, from the bottom, it's the Russian flag. <laughs> Love it, and, it, and it has a frame bag with a flask full of uh, a fine fifteen plus year old scotch, and uh, a bunch of IPA pounders. Right? You just uh, you know requisition fill out the requisition forms. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're very official here. If you fill out yeah, the right forms, anything I, anything can happen, though. Anything can happen, including yeah, was, uh, cacophony coffee, cacophony coffee roasters coffee, which right here, it's bag. Oh, it smells so good. Have yeah. you tried it yet? I did. I did a pour over right as soon as I got home. Nice. How is it? Delicious. Freshly roasted and then freshly ground coffee in the pour over is you taste things in a cup of coffee that I had never tasted before, like cherry notes. I know. People in Alaska don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> cherry notes, but down here in America, we got, you know, we got an extra taste bud or something. <laughs> Awesome. Well, you know, yeah, coffee and uh, uh, beer, you know, oh, those yeah. are beverages that matter. Indeed. I'm going to miss all that because a big part of going to your city, man, is all those breweries. Ah, uh, yeah. But you know what? I bet you we can we find good, good coffee stuff. roasters, too. Oh, and sure. there's also wellness centers there. And nobody likes to, you know, you know this whole newfound health and wealth and wisdom. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm gonna make sure that you are kept well the entire time you are here. Your wellness level when you leave is going to be at 110 percent. Fantastic. I like the sound of that. And polar bears on gold chains. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're riding one. <laughs> All right, dude. We've stretched out this salutation into just ridiculous levels of uh, awesomeness. All right, man. You have a great evening. Uh, may much wonderful snow come your way. And we'll definitely uh, be chatting before we see you in March. Sounds good. Wishing you uh, you, you your victory in the Crosstown Classic there, the Frosty Bottom. 
You're going to do the the double, right? The the fifty. No, no, no. I'm going to do the twenty five, and then if I finish without calling an Uber, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I'll be pretty happy about so that. So you're just going <laughs> to sit in at the back of the back of the front pack and attack with what do you think, fifteen hundred yards left or meters? Do you go by meters? Five thousand meters? Mm, nah, I think I'll be like probably about a half mile to a couple miles, maybe five miles off the back of that pack. Uh, but I'm going to be having a damn good time. Yeah, those guys hammer. Oh, yeah, they fly, man. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, having stood there at the finish and watched Will Ross and uh, uh, Jason and uh, Josh Elf all coming up to the finish at the top of that climb. Uh, you know, after doing, you know, 40, whatever, 50 something miles. Right. It just wow. seems like they're, they're just biding their time for that last climb. At least the year that I saw it. Yeah. Don't, don't they change directions too, year to year? No, no. No, it's always the finish it, up that hill. Yep. Yep. It's always the finish up that hill at Kincaid for the long one. Yeah, it used to be they, you know, the 25 ran up the hilltop and stopped there. But, um, yeah, now the 50s always finished with the chalet. And, folks, it starts in the dark and it ends <laughs> in the dark. But there's light in between there. There's there's day in between there. Like, you know, it's 50 miles, so they probably do it in four hours and change. Cause yeah, right right now we're sunrising about 9, 9.30 and setting about 3.30. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So usually the yeah, the top guys are usually uh on the fifth year in a sunset kind of deal. Hmm. All right, Travis. Now I'm really going this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine All right. man. <laughs> hey, hey it's good been, talking to you. Good to talk to you, man. All right, later. See you later. Well, this has been the extended mix of the Danger Gnome podcast. Hope you uh, find some fun on your bike, and I hope you enjoy our podcast. Come and uh, see us at the Fatter by the Lake Weekend Retreat, sponsored by Surly Bikes, January 3rd through the 5th in Zion, Illinois, at the Illinois Beach Hotel. It's a huge-ass race, series race, and we're going to have a Friday live music and party thing, and there'll be group rides Demos from Surly Bikes and from Specialized, and who knows what else. Prizes, derby, adjuncts, all that. So that's it for this show. We'll talk to you. Come on, we're still best to be at the fire. The top of the class will be scanning.